Buckle up, fuckleheads, and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. It's our exit survey episode on Succession's final season. Although I suspect this might not be the final time we'll talk about Succession on this podcast. Ain't no way. Yeah. And joining me once again to break it all down and answer your questions, it's my other half of the incredible fuck brother bandwagon. It's Ebube. Ebube, how are you doing? What up, prick licks? <laughs> well done. Well done that you had that ready to go. What can I say? It just came to me. Oh, uh, the first line we ever heard of Roman Roy, man. Uh. <laughs> so uh, apparently, I think they shot him entering the bar where he gets the martini. Mm. And he says, I think he says, what up, motherfuckers, or something like that, which is obviously a reference to his first line. But obviously, that scene was cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Ready to get into questions? Yes. Um, I would just like to pre-appreciate everybody who sent questions. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's so nice that everybody like loves this show. And we have so many people who really care about you know what's going on. And especially the people on YouTube with their comments. Some of them really give me things to think about sometimes. <laughs> but but yeah, um, let's definitely get into it. We have quite a lot to, to cover. And hopefully... Hopefully we can uh, come up with some kind of situation where we're all equally confused. <laughs> well, well, not me, because I'm smarter than everybody else, and I don't think I'm confused. Anyway, um, if you say so. As we as said, shout out to all the YouTube commenters, everyone. Some really, really smart and insightful comments on our YouTube episodes, especially the last two, episodes 9 and 10. Um, yeah, and also just thank you to everyone who's interacted with our episodes on Twitter, especially. Uh, hopefully we can answer some of your questions. Before we go any further, I should mention that Ibube is apparently an episode of Friends, so his smoke detector might go off at a point this episode or random points during this episode. So, yeah, just a forewarning. Perhaps, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we can escape that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we had an episode with a Ted Lasso producer a few days ago. It's on the feed now. Chip Adam Chip Hamilton was lucky. Was lucky. Was. Uh, nice enough and we were the lucky we ones we were yeah. lucky to have Adam Chip I got Hamilton my whole compliment there in our up. midst yeah he <laughs> he. you guys might know him as being the first name you see when an episode ends he came on to talk about uh, making the show the journey of the show what the show has meant to him it was a very very nice conversation and very very heartwarming at point so please check that out I also spoke with my friend Lewis Evans who plays one of the uh, football players on AFC Richmond just about final shooting of the show um He's the guy who kisses someone at the end. For he is the guy who kisses someone at the end. Yeah. Um, and inspires Colin to do the same. In case mm-hmm. you don't know, which is, I, I don't know how you listen to this episode and you don't know, but we've had a full season discussion of succession, right? Every episode, all 10 episodes are out on the feed. You can listen to them. We also have full season discussions on Barry, on Yellow Jacket, on Ted Lasso. It's been a very busy three months. So please check all of that out. We also covered Rain Dogs, Love and Death. The Mandalorian. So, like, if any of those shows mean anything to you, you can check out our feed for those episodes and redo the journey with us. Oh, and by the way, I actually have an article that's out today on wearestina.com about how Logan Roy is the quintessential toxic Nigerian parent. I just, oh, I, don't kill me. I couldn't resist. Don't kill me. I had to do it. Um, I've been writing for the for Sita uh, from the beginning. Um, the work that's being done there is great, and um, I just want everybody to go read all the articles there because so that we are Sita dot com. We are Sita dot com. Yeah, 
I, I basically, it's, it's wild because like I started out the article of comparing him to like all the toxic traits that like classic Nigerian parent stereotypes have. Mm-hmm. Then I, I go into more serious things as to how he's mismanaging his legacy. <laughs> and it just, the, the whole thing just like, as you're reading it, you're like, oh, wow, this this got very serious very fast. <laughs> so obviously I mentioned my dad when during the during the funeral episode and somebody reached out to somebody thought I meant as in like, my dad and I don't talk. I was like, Jesus, no, we have a good relationship. I just, <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that. But, but that's how I went to succession a few years back. I think. Oh, after, so my mom watches it. Yeah, between two and three. And then my dad like would message my brother and I talking about Logan and how Logan was terrible and how like daddy I hope daddy's not listening to this, but like how Logan was like his own father, like strict like his own father. Mm. And then like, he would put that thing. And then sometimes my brother and I would just be like Does does he know? Like who's gonna tell him? <laughs> like, yeah, like does he know? Like like I'm just like, you're not Logan, but like some of these things like I was like, that would be like, Logan is so good because like, I see some things that I do in Logan mm. or rather, mm. vice versa. I don't know, you know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah. I would probably react the same way. <laughs> like, look, like, you, you're, like, put him as a toxic Nigerian father makes so much sense because like, it's diluted versions. Like, obviously, my dad is not Logan, but the diluted yeah. versions of that in my dad. And I think there's versions of that in myself. Um, so I just like, I was, yeah, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, but there's some, yeah, there's sometimes like, there's some ways like Logan even like holds his glass and like, oh, that that feels too Nigerian for me. Like that feels too close to home. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll read. I'll check out the article. Please check out the article. We are seda.com. Yeah, let me know what you think. Come for me if you want. So what we're gonna do, as obviously we mentioned, we asked you guys to send me some questions uh, on our finale episode. We are going to, first of all, just touch on some things that I have personally had a lot of interactions about, like three main points regarding the finale. Then we'll go into specific questions that maybe I myself received. And then we'll probably just share some of our final thoughts and just maybe talk about some of the characters and where this show kind of left them. Uh, before we start, so I want to, there's a an article that Jesse Armstrong wrote for The Guardian. Actually, I think it's an extract from something else he wrote, but it's on The Guardian. You can check that out. It's kind of like a piece on the early stages of development of the show, what inspired him to write the show. And I think a good point there was when he, he basically said that um, the show was a response, if not directly or indirectly, to like both Brexit in the UK and like the Trump presidency, kind of how years of anti-EU rhetoric in the British press led to Brexit or how America's right-wing journalism was basically priming the audience for the arrival of Trump. So you can obviously see why that kind of influence will lead to it also helps that he's uh maybe the most well-versed person in writing political comedy <laughs> that we can think of he's just yeah. very very experienced in that he's um, definitely very i mean v- i would have said yeah i know she before this but yeah probably with succession now he probably just i mean and she's still his, his his mentor but yeah he's he has more mm-hmm. more under his wing for of that um but there's a there's a section i just want to quickly read it out where he meant where i just I kept on saying I was, I was going to highlight this and talk about this, but then it, the quotes kept on getting longer and longer, so please bear with me. It's from the Guardian piece. He says, It was politically alarming and creatively appealing to imagine the mixture of business imperatives and political instinct that exist within a media operation, to consider what happens when something as important as the flow of information in a democracy hits the reductive brutality of the profit calculation inside such a company, how those elements might rebound emotionally and psychologically inside a family as it considered the question of corporate succession. 
basically, that just says it was interesting to see how journalism clashes with capitalism and what does that do with people that are meant to be taking over. That's the long story. Short. So eloquently worded. Yeah, My goodness. Just like, I mean, he wrote succession. It's not, it's not hard to understand. Like, but yeah, that is, that's like just, you can see why that kind of kernel of idea would just keep on growing. So apparently he first had like the first ideas of this in 2008, which was a very different thing. That was like more of almost a documentary on, on, on the Murdochs. Um, uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to start with a few things that I've been having a lot of discourse about in the past week or so. First of all, Ibibi, are you finally ready to accept that Roman was not lying, that all that was true? So, like, you were the one. How are you going to hit me with that right from the jump? Yeah, it's just, just uh, I didn't let, I didn't, I didn't I tell you. I, I'm, 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 the fi- I'm the final holdout. Mm-hmm. I'm the last guy who still has accepted. And it's funny, right before we, we started doing this, uh, started this recording, I was really thinking about it. I was like, am I ready to accept this? I feel like my answer is still no. However, I am I'm finding less and less ways to deny it. I don't know. Like, you're just, you're literally the only man on this island. I just hope the island is not too big. What are you, like, nobody else. So, obviously, during the episode, my first instinct when I watched the episode was like, we're talking about like from a previous relationship. Then, when we're talking, I thought maybe it was cheating. I didn't even consider IVF, if if I'm being honest. And then yeah. I came out of the episode and somebody was like, before we even recorded, before we even put out an episode, after we recorded, someone was like, oh, so did Rava do IVF? I was like, oh, that's kind of what it meant. And it made sense because Roman was like a cabinet, um, what did he say? He said is a filing Rava cabinet and, person. Half Rava, half file, filing cabinet Yeah, so guy. which kind of makes yeah. sense because that's how they would store the sperm, isn't it? So I was like, oh, that's kind of what it means. And then you have things like somebody on our YouTube, uh, I apologize, I shall have written out their handle, but they mentioned how um, Logan says to Tom in the Bow on the Floor episode, like, why didn't you talk to me when you can give me a grandchild or are you shooting blanks? Which is obviously, now that yeah. means like, okay. That's something that was actually on his mind. And you can also understand that he's probably been also been questioning Kendall's sexuality. Someone like Logan, that would be a big deal. Because remember in the dinner in um, Italy, he says, is that, is, that, is that it? Were you chasing a bit of tail? Are you, I can't remember what word he used. I don't know if he's homosexual or, he, or gay, but he kind of says, are you, are you gay? So yeah, it just, and yeah. the person that first said IVF to me, shout out Asha, he was like, that just kind of changes the entire character of Kendall in a way, which is like, it just, it makes him a lot more pathetic. Not, not that like being impotent is a problem, but just like, he seems to be, you can understand why he was exerting so much or trying to exert so much dominance in other fields. Are you, are you trying to are you trying to explain overcompensation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have the pen of Jesse Armstrong to be so eloquent. But yeah, you can you can understand why he felt, felt like he needed to be so good to Logan because he felt like oh, because Logan would have definitely made him feel like he had disappointed by not having a quote unquote natural child. Logan's words, not mine. Mm. Um, but yeah so like okay. it just makes a lot of things like oh wow this this child this this boy this child this man Kendall Roy was just like he really just did not he, he didn't stand a chance um so I don't know keep on fighting that fight I have seen interviews with both Kendall and so Kendall Jesus Christ things are the lines are blurring with both uh Jeremy Strong and even Jesse Armstrong where even Mark Maddard actually nobody seems to be denying that this is true so 
I mean, fight I know. your fight. I listen to all the things and I'm just like, wow, is none of you going to side with me? No, they're not. Uh, I spent a whole season defending this man's kids. <laughs> well, they're still his kids. And I, and just, I still defend them, by the yeah, way. Exactly. They're still his kids. He, he, should, he adopted them. He should take, care, take better care of them. Um, okay, so the other thing I've really had, speaking of Roman and Kendall, I've really had a lot of discussions about is that um that hug between them and i think one of your questions asked basically why did i think was an why did i go so quick to say it was an abusive reaction abusive action and i've listened to um, both jeremy strong and mark milo talk about this scene in particular uh and my interpretation is that i i still think it's still violent and abusive i don't think you can look at that without seeing some sort of of violence and abuse there right because that hug grows it grows from a hug which Roman thinks he's going into the like, normal hog to something quite violent in which yeah, you pop it's, it's domineering yeah. in a in a very it it almost suffocating way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I think because uh, the person who asked uh, that question is well, long time listener, uh, Chris. The person was essentially like, you know, what makes us believe that this was sort of the penultimate step of Kendall becoming just like Logan. Cause I think the, the, this final few episodes, this final, like maybe two or three episodes, you can kind of see that as Kendall finally being able to do the thing, well, at least one of the things he always wanted, which was to be Logan. Mm-hmm. And essentially this was kind of like the final step, so to speak, or the second to the last step, one mm-hmm. of the final steps. Um, and the question really is like, what makes us think that that's the case? Um, what was the, power play here for it to be categorized mm-hmm. as abuse. So I think what this person wants us to answer is essentially, you know, how does this relate to their dynamic and how is this a show of force? So it's, I guess you can go ahead with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think it's unlike you, I haven't had the cast and creators come out and disprove my theory. So um, <laughs> I still... <laughs> I still think it's it's there's, there's force, there's violence. I, I think we, that's undeniable. But I think what I found out from this, especially MacMillan, MacMillan seems to have a lot more positive spin on this whole this this scene actually. Um, and it's it's almost like how do I put it? So I don't think I think maybe now maybe it's not as it's not that penultimate step like I thought towards looking because it's a lot less harsh than I thought. But I think I think I wrote it down what Milot said in an interview. Um, so obviously he, he expressed that this is just his opinion, subjective opinion. But he says the hug is a relief. It's a loving gesture. It's it's brutal and self-serving, but it's a loving gesture. And I think the interpretation by, of both Jeremy Strong and Mark Mylod, from what I've read, is that that's, he's doing something to help Roman. He's kind of helping Roman to see that like, like he almost like if Roman can see those stitches, remove his popped, disillusionment, so yeah, to speak. Yes, if he can see those stitches, he can, he can accept that it, it wasn't meant to be him. He doesn't look the part, and so I think I always had that, that as the end goal. It was obviously to make Roman feel like he's not fit enough to be CEO. But my journey is different from Milo and, and Jeremy Strong. They are they are more like it's a brotherly act. It's still a violent brotherly act. Like let's not let's not yeah. misinterpret that. It's still an abusive, violent, um, brotherly act. But I think it's something that, like, that's their love language, right? That's, that family, their love language is violence and abuse. We, we talked about the cage last week's episode. And I think somebody, mm-hmm. one of our commenters even mentioned that, like, Roman says, teamwork makes the dream work, right? After the hug. So, yeah, he probably, he knew, he, he was, ah, happy is the wrong word. But he understood where he was after the stitches were popped. And he kind of maybe understood what, 
Yeah, the whole those, thing was supposed to put him in his place, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people are saying that it might not really be abuse just because Roman was on board with it. But you have to remember mm. that people who are being abused, yeah. like victims, aren't always able to kind of like compartmentalize that. Like part of being a victim is that you've internalized what's going on in a lot of cases. Mm. So it could, like the, the fact that he's, you know, under duress being like, yeah, I guess this is my place in life doesn't necessarily mean that like, you know, he had control in that situation. Yeah. Even if we don't categorize it explicitly as abuse, Roman was not in control there. I don't think he had much agency in that particular moment. Yeah, and I think even the the main change that listening to Milot and Jeremy Strong has changed in me is that I don't think, at least now listening to them, I don't think that Jeremy, oh God, the lines are really blurring. I don't think that Kendall was like, was intending to abuse him. So what they've, they kind of expect, Kendall yeah. thought he was doing the right thing. It's just bear just, hug of sorts, exactly. like a real life bear yeah, hug. It just there. it just was just going hap- just happening through a valid means. And even regarding Roman, McMillan says in that same quote, he says, "It's the sadomasochism." Oh, that word! I can't remember. I saw that word. I thought I thought I was still going to say it. Like I saw that word, and I was like, "I can do it." And I did say it, and I was like, Mm-mm, "No, let's let's stop there." It's the S and M of the moment <laughs> because what starts as a hug is still a trap. Once oh, Roman God. realizes what Kendall is doing, this is Mark Mylod. Uh-huh. And he talks about how it's the nihilism that we saw from Roman at the end of episode nine. He goes into the crowd, right? He believes that he deserves that pain. So now he believes that he deserves this pain. From I mean, him. he always acts out when he feels embarrassed in one way or another. Yeah. Like he just, that's just how he responds. One recent example before this, like even, even before the, um, going into the, the mob was when, He's talking to Jerry at the tailgate party and she's clearly not having it. Like she's really not there for his nonsense, mm-hmm. which is not how he thought that would go. And he merely goes and starts like insulting Connor yeah. because he has to lash out somehow. And like the um, yeah. the SNM see, I'm smart there. Well done. The SNM and the nihilism of, of, of Roman is well established. Like you think if I think it was this season in the karaoke scene when Kendall is like, are you going to apologize for, for hitting Roman as a child? And Roman is like, eh, everybody hit me. I was, I was annoying. Right. Or even when Logan actually hit him in the, um, Ajestis episode. And uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's the next episode that Logan is like, oh, did you even, did I even make contact? Did I even make contact? And he's kind oh of like, goodness. he's almost excusing, like, I kind of deserved it, which makes sense, which makes sense now that he's like, oh, I actually kind of, so yeah, he, he wants the pain. So I guess my main change in the last week is I don't think, Based on reason everything, I don't think maybe Kendall intending to be abusive in that moment. It just it was just for lack of a better term, their love language and how they could. But that is also express. Kendall understanding how Roman responds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I I don't think whether it's abuse or whether it's violence should be in in contention. But like it's maybe it was a lot more if if it can be consensual, it was a lot more consensual than maybe I once read it as. Um, the next thing that I've, I've had discussions about is the, the big, the big elephant in the room, um, that shaves betrayal. I think I've gone back to watch certain scenes of this episode and I, I never, like I said on the episode, I never, which was weird because normally something like that, you like kind of push back when you're doing an instant reaction. Like, oh, this doesn't make sense. But to me, it always made sense. Shaves betrayal always made sense. Like, for the character. It's almost inevitable at this point because yeah. you can kind of see that she was never truly on board. Mm-hmm. And she's always been the one that's found it most difficult to be on board. Um, Connor was, Connor's disengaged. Roman is not necessarily weak-willed, but let's just say malleable. Mm-hmm. And Shiv was always the real opposition. 
all serious conversations about who it's going to be in this show over the seasons have been between Shiv and Kendall. I remember a scene in season two where he's crying on her shoulder and he's saying, it's not going to be me. So like when it becomes, he's like, it's not going to be me. So when it's you, please take, take care, care of me, me. because yeah. yeah, yeah, because if, because if I wasn't useful to dad right now, I don't know what I'd be for. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty much exactly how he says it. And now we're essentially in the, yeah. And we're essentially now in a situation <laughs> where Shiv text, well, she's not technically in control, but she's the most adjacent to control among the three of them. Right. So now Kendall would actually need her to take care of him. At least if he's willing to stay in the business, he could probably still have a role in the business, but he probably is not going to want that because that's just oh, I mean, just too much for him to be around. I think we should, we should touch on that when we are talking about where the story leaves them. But yeah, I think if you want to, you can track this progression. I think it's it, it's not it's not like obviously laid out because this show is smarter than that. But I think it's laid out. Um, first of all, again, we should, we should mention that like once this show is, this show is over, there's a lot of things from the cast and creators that are like theorizing on what they think could have happened. It's not if it's written in stone. But Mark Milo explained how he thought that, for example, we see Caroline talk to Shiv as they leave. And she's like, he's like, he believes that in that moment she's asking her, are you okay with this? Are you really okay with this? Because she expects that she wouldn't be. And then Shiv is like, yeah, it's fine. And I think the, the gut punch of finding out that it's Tom, it, it's terrible. That's, that annoys her. That's like, she's like, fuck this. We're going to kill Martin and Tom, which you can expect because the night before, she's like, uh-huh. it's us against them. Like, it's, it, mm-hmm. if Martin is going to fuck me, then we have to get this back. And I think all that tracks. But then the, the main moment is that moment in, the, in Logan's office, right? When she, Kendall, mm-hmm. sits, Kendall sits on, on, the, uh, on Logan's chair. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he offers non-exec chair to, to Stewie. Stewie. And I was only watching it back literally today that I was like, that's a surprise to ship. She was like, hmm. yeah, you can see her face. You can see her face when he says that. Mm-hmm. She was like, huh, we didn't, we didn't discuss that. You're offering your friend from college a chairman position. Okay. Which, by the way, is okay. how a lot of their problems in this show started in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think in that Just moment, pointing Shiv, that out. Shiv can't see like the body body stuff begin to happen. She can't see the like. Not even just that. The mm-hmm. fact that he's promising connection and collaboration but is still making unilateral decisions in her face yeah and i, I think that thing is interesting because that scene never cuts to roman it's just shiv and kendall because i think roman is set mm-hmm. roman has decided he's fine but also roman knows uh-huh. that like at the end of the day like obviously they'll all be fine but like he'll be fine because it will always be the roy boys like it could always be the roy boys saying do you think pinky can dance should we invite shiv in like even if kendall goes all <laughs> in jeremy strong's words the Mad King, um, he would always like have something for 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 Roman. So Roman is decided. Roman is fine. Can I just say I just loved what he made that Game of Thrones reference. Like that, I mean, that he made guy two amazing to listen to. And he I had the two, but... Dracarys one, the episode before. Yeah, this is on the official podcast, by the way. You guys listen listening to, to that guy talk about Kendall is actually a treat. I just mm-hmm. have to say, mm-hmm. like, if you're listening to this and you've never done that, please just just go do that. I was just like, wow, Jeremy Strong watched Game of Thrones. Enough to still referencing it all these years. I was like, that that's fair enough. Uh but yeah, just with that Stewie and, and, and Kendall say, and then you can he she can basically kind of I think you mentioned this last week because she can't see that he's becoming Logan and not in the in the worst possible ways. Remember last week when he's like last week, the week before, so the funeral episode when he's like, I hope that's in me. The 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 sort of cuts to her and she's like, Wait, 
you do. I thought we just said we hope the poison doesn't drip through. So like you can already see that she's kind of like, hmm. She reacted then too. What are we doing here? And then obviously, <laughs> Kendall. This is different from what you told me last night, bro. Yeah, Kendall <laughs> says that incredible line or series of lines to Stewie <laughs> when Stewie's like he's he's very complex and he likes um, weird drugs and blah blah blah. Let me let me control myself. And then and then Kendall oh, re- Kendall replies. Bullshit, you like pancakes and waffles and you kiss guys on Molly. You're not the heart of darkness. You're a grilled cheese with a sock dick. And then he puts his legs on the table and Shave is like, oh fuck, I can't I can't sign off on this, can I? Like I cannot give this guy the keys. <laughs> like I actually can't give this guy the like he is he's dad, but n- not nice. Like not in a nice not nice as in as in good, but just like but frat brewy. Yeah, like essentially. Like, oh. It's it's basically what I was saying last week. Like she realized like I have a choice to make here. Like who 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 is who is better for me? Who is mm-hmm. better for the company and who's better for the country at large? And yeah, these people are all problematic, but I will give Shiv a tiny bit of credit for being the one person in this group who actually cares about the greater good. On some level, she cares about the greater good. Do you okay, for example, do you remember when they were talking about news and they're like, why do we just do all the news? And Roma's like, that's not how this works, yeah. right? And then Shiv, well, he said, that's not how this works keep, in this country. King Jump Pop. pop. <laughs> Incredible line. <laughs> but, but Shiv was essentially saying, like, this was on her honeymoon. She was telling Tom, like, okay, we can't just buy Pierce too because, like, I need to get my news from somewhere. Yeah. Like, somewhere needs to actually be telling the no, truth. I mean, so she has some concern for that, I, at least on it, a very small level. Yeah, I think we said this during the election episode. I believe that, like, when it's time or sometimes when it, when it can be convenient, she, she, she does have morals that she can stand on. She has half a leg to stand on, right? The others have nothing. But like, we're, we're splitting hairs at this point. Like, we're, like, we're comparing rotten apples to rotten oranges. Like, it's just, it's very, like, we're not, <laughs> they're not really. <laughs> yeah, she has some morals, but like, not, not anything to write, write home about. Um, I think the main thing is that in that moment, she's like, oh, Fred Bro Kendall is in. He already, literally this season, he already cut me out, him and Roman. So, like, why can't he do it again? And then, obviously, like you mentioned during our final episode, in the boardroom meeting, he again shuts her off. He doesn't recognize her contributions to the Madsen deal. So, she's just like, yeah, I can't do this. But again, I'll reiterate that I think that would been a tough task, but I still think she could have been convinced. It's the moment where he, he denies killing that waiter that just, and shit like yeah and i called him foolish for that like that is not how you defend your case like that was when he really destroyed it because again it's either he did it and he's a murderer Mm -hmm. or he didn't do it and told them he did it which makes him a controlling psycho Mm -hmm. worse than their father Mm -hmm. and neither of those things helps him like because that that kind of brought them that whole thing brought on one of the biggest moments of togetherness for those three mm-hmm. that we've ever seen in the show and for him to just completely invalidate it for the sake of chasing power is wild that's what oh oh first of all i, I think i don't know if i made this clear enough that is so depressing to me i think so that's what i mean when i said that was the like ultimate insanely depressing of being of being logan when that happened i felt Genuinely felt so bad for Kendall as a human being. I was like, you literally have nothing in your body. This anymore. is how far this is how far you've fallen. You remember that episode mm-hmm. where like Tom is telling Greg you, you have, have no, no principles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like literally, like he's like, Don't be an asshole, Greg. You don't have <laughs> principles. principles. Kendall actually had principles. Mm-hmm. He believed himself better than his father. But now he's fallen so far 
that he's willing to do like he's willing to bend the truth for essentially nothing doing like losing jess doing nrp which is no real persons involved for the exactly that was his nrpi moment is i was like oh you're just an empty void like there is nothing you've gone from feeling bad about this to now being the NRPI guy. Like, like you, oh. Like when it happened, I was that's, like. That's a real oh, tragedy. It, it's a real tragedy. And I was like, yeah, you are, you are, you're not even a shell. You're not even a husk of a person. Like, this is so, to me, it was so. You're just dust. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is so depressing. <laughs> the two things that were really depressing to me in that episode are that I'm finding out that Logan promised, I don't know if we talked about it in the finale, promised it to him at seven. I, I think that's, 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 that's a quick detour. Yeah. Yeah, that, the candy kitchen in Bridgeton. That broke my heart. Because I'm just like, at seven, that's when parents are meant to be like, you can do whatever you want to be. You can you can, you can can be an astronaut. You can be a scientist. You can be a clown. You can do whatever you want to. Like, the, the world is your oyster or whatever. Be and then, a clown. Yeah, just you want to go to the circus. Um, <laughs> and then Logan is like, not only, not, not even you can be, it's like, this is what you are going to do. So obviously, like, it it's, it's the worst version of like we all say. Oh, parents shouldn't tell their ch- children that they can only study medicine or they can only study finance or whatever. Like you should let children do whatever. We all say that that's wrong. And then Logan is doing like the worst version of that. He's like, it, it, oh, when when he said that thing, you, you, you raise a heart. child as a plot device in your own story rather than a human being of their own. Jesus, I mean that's that's that's, well that, that's, that's pretty wild. Like even that moment, Chief is like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that, and it's just like it, it, it's so like. Because we're like, oh, why, why, do this, why does Kendall care so much? Because for thirty plus years, that's what he's thought. Like, oh yeah, imagine knowing your destiny and doing everything you can to get that destiny. It just keeps on like, ah, oh. that was. I feel like that 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 promise from from Logan was was so devastating. And obviously, Kendall doing an RPI for the waiter. I was just like, I was like, yeah, this this depresses me. And you can see it like. They held on to that moment. That was like their moment. That was when they became a family. That was when they became siblings again, right? Um, they went Un- all in united. For, against their dad. They didn't do the water gun moment. Like it's, that was it. And then Logan, so united in the business, yeah. yeah. And Roman, when Roman is like, Roman, like, wait, you made that up so that we, so that we could engineer to be like that was like, was that a, a tactic? Move? Oh, they were like Roman was like, no, like Roman was, they were both heartbroken. Like, but Roman was like, no. Like ah yeah that so I think that's the moment where he generally loses. No, that that's where Roman says no. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Because Roman, Roman's like, Shiv, can we just go and Roman's he's like, we what? Like no, fuck no, Shiv, you have to go vote, vote no. Um, and obviously he later says that they're bullshit. Um, so I don't know if that's helped anything, but that's my thinking of the Shiv thing. I really don't think the Shiv thing is that controversial. I am actually so I, I don't know like. I'm a bit confused as to why it's so controversial because I just feel like it makes sense. If Roman was the one that did the backs, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But to shift, it's like, yeah. I'll tell you why. It's, it's it's because, well, first of all, people feel like this series has been building to the idea of one of these guys taking over, right? And like we said last week, there's this whole thing of people trying to surprise their audience in the finales in ways that might not necessarily be earned. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is earned. I actually, I, I think that if you really look at some of the signs, Tom becoming CEO is almost inevitable because he's actually very Logan. He's a guy who came up from basically nothing, almost nothing, like compared to these people Mm -hmm, anyway. mm -hmm. And he worked his way up in a world that was trying to ridicule him. And he understands what it's like to struggle. Like he knows how to actually, like Logan said, a life is a fight for a knife in the mud. Mm -hmm. 
And Tom has essentially been doing that for a while, even in his own marriage. <laughs> so I think, I think that he, he's, he's kind of prepared for this in a way that, that these guys are not. And also he's, he knows how to wield power, but still, but still be subservient. He's kind of like good at wielding power on behalf of other people. Mm-hmm. So he's exactly what Matson needs. Mm-hmm. And you look at the way Matson reacts to certain things being said to him about him, all those things. And, you know, suddenly certain things kind of start to, to like add up. I think that Shiv was, like I said, was never fully on board. And it's just something that we're sort of going to have to deal with. I think the, the reason that it's so weird for a lot of people is that it seems like the decision comes out of nowhere. It seems like she can't figure out what to do and it's difficult for her in that sense. So I think that like the problem, the like the problem for Shiv in that moment is not something that's even fully known to her. What Shiv came up with, like the reason she actually stood up to oppose the vote is probably not something she knew. Like it's one of those things where you get up and then you're not actually sure why you're doing what you're doing, but you just know you have a problem with something. Mm-hmm. So you can actually even see her almost grasping a straw. She's like, oh, well, uh, you killed someone, mm. right? And she's just not, like, she's not entirely sure. And she, she, At that point, she's still not entirely convinced that she's not convinced. <laughs> but then he goes and does what he yeah. does with that lie. And that just cinches it for her. That's, that's why I think, like, she could have been convinced up to the moment he says, well, nah, that didn't really happen. Oh, God. Candleman, wild rule. So yeah, I guess let's get into some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to start with a really good one from um, a very active listener, Chubi, who was um, who was thinking along the same lines as as us regarding the use of Tom. This is relevant to what we we're just talking about. Um, he asked if Mencken doesn't win, like assuming the Wisconsin votes are. Mm-hmm redone mm-hmm. and they actually vote blue do we think matson really removes tom and becomes ceo himself because remember they only put a usc over there to placate menken mm-hmm. to kind of make the deal more palatable to him because menken had this had promised the roy boys that he was going to block the deal so mm-hmm. to speak but now like if menken isn't even president What's Jimenez's problem with Matt and BCO? With nothing that we necessarily know of. So mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting one. And I guess also is that is the, so is, is Tom going to be removed or is there value in having a quote unquote throat goat? <laughs> <laughs> well, like Tom as CEO. I don't think I don't think Martin wants Shaves to be words. CEO. Martin said it. He told us he wants a paint sponge. He wants someone. A, yeah, kind of like what Elon man. does. Yeah. Well, yeah, he wants a front man so that he can do the do 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 under the hood. I don't I don't think. Top Martin wants to be CEO. Uh, what I love. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. That was not bad. Scars God. God. That was a good Scars God. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No. So I, I don't, I don't think, I think Tom, I think Tom's role as CEO is not stable. Like, but it won't be for Madsen. It could be He for doesn't some, have job security yeah, in your mind. Job security. Well, I mean, like, whichever way he'll probably, if he does get, he'll get, he'll get his money. Like once he gets out, gets in stock options and everything. But so like his role is not like, he doesn't have tenure, let's put it like that. But I don't think it's before Madsen. And I don't think it's because of the election. I think I think he does at least a okay. year. I think he does at least, at least a year as CEO, at least. But a year as CEO is is still pretty good because, I mean, yeah, Tom exactly. is technically still mostly a salary man. Yeah. But it's not going to take long for his stock options to kick in. How long and did, once they kick in, they've kicked in. How long did Shapek do? Two years? Not even. Maybe. Oh, what maybe did he about, do before, just, just, before COVID? It was just, just before COVID now. He came in just before COVID. 
Yeah, so just just about like I'm gonna say like at the beginning, mm. you, they kind of announced that thing like I guess just before COVID. I think it was like January or February become, around that time, wasn't it? Yeah, it started to become a really active thing like in early 2020. So maybe we did like 20 half years. Yeah, I think Tom would be roughly. Fine. I think yeah. Tom does at least a year. But it took be for Martin. Yeah, if they remove like yeah, Martin wants his front man. Martin wants someone that can. And to be honest, that's probably why Tom gets sacked because he does something like Martin does something, and Tom has to take the fall for it. Like probably that's probably how it yeah. turns out. So yeah. Uh, but no, good question. Exactly. Thank you. Shout out to Um, His other question is about Harriet Walter. Um, Harriet Walter plays Caroline Collingwood, um, Kendall Roman and Shiv's mom. Mm-hmm. But she also plays Rebecca Walton's mother in Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And she just has this, I, I, I should also add, she um, you can kind of see, I said before, she you can kind of see she's Villanelle's bad mom, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. So what is it with Harriet Walter and playing very distant, cold, unfeeling mothers? <laughs> is that just her thing? She's British. And that's just a, that's, that's Wow, there you go. There's the answer. <laughs> There's the answer. She's English. Oh my god. I mean, I guess you guys taught on this in the Ted Lasso finale episode, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it turns out that many people don't seem to know that it's the same person playing like the two roles. Yeah, I heard Trinado's incredulity at it uh, in, on the Ted Lasso episode. Yeah. She also plays a mother figure. I can't remember if she's somebody's mother, but a mother figure in The Last Duel. So you have that. And she's well. in The Crown as Winston's wife, yeah. like I said. So, so No, I mean, like, I don't know. She's just a great actress. And, that's like, the only whole someone. Do you want the depressing she's stories? She's good. That, she's versatile. Yeah, depressing stories that when you're an actress of a certain age, you tend to play mothers and wives. That's a depressing truth. I, I, I hate, that's, to, that's just I hate to break your yeah. heart. That's the that's way Hollywood has worked. And then... <sighs> I guess the good thing is that most of those roles that we've said, even though they are wives or mothers, they're actually good roles. Like, Caroline Collingwood is mm-hmm. one of the greatest roles of all time. So, even though she's a mother Literally. and an ex-wife. <laughs> so, yeah, she's just good. Like, there's a there's a way that Harriet Walter delivers those lines that is dripping with acid. And you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that you're Villanelle's mom and you're, you're the Roy, terrible parents and all that. So Yeah, it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me because um, a lot of people seem to... Like there, there are people who feel like Caroline is just the worst. There are people who think she's hilarious because she's the worst. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out there's a whole group of people who doesn't actually even see the problem. Um, uh, like my friend David actually asked me, like, um, what is the issue with their mother? Like, <laughs> like why do they hate her so much? Like, I never understood um, what their issue is. <laughs> hello, <laughs> That's hello, so funny. He- hello, David. Have you met her? <laughs> Have you met Lady Caroline Collingwood? <laughs> What do you mean what the problem is? She oh told she told Shiv that Shiv was the reason. No, that Shiv knew how to turn the knife, twist the knife at 12. At 11. Oh, 11. Or like, 12 or something like that. <laughs> this is not the oh Caroline Defense podcast, please. <laughs> she, Caroline Defense podcast. She deserves every, every hatred. Like Caroline, we've assumed that Caroline is probably worse, did worse for these guys' mental and spiritual well-being than Logan ever did. Let's, let's just... It's it's crazy because you I, I love that's actually one of the most beautiful things about the first season because you you spend the entire time looking at what they are mm-hmm. and you're thinking wow they're like this despite their father mm-hmm. in a sense and then you start to wonder at some point I wonder what their other like half of their parenthood was what, like what, what was that like mm-hmm. and then you meet her and you're like oh my goodness I see it <laughs> like, oh, wow, <laughs> like immediately she shows up 
she is just like a problem. She like she's she starts off by saying, "Oh, you're Greg Egg." Yeah, your dad <laughs> used, to, just so- used to run away with all the men in the village, something like that. Oh, <laughs> my goodness, that lady is anyway, wild, bro. What other questions do you have? Um. Well, actually, while we're on David, he was actually also asking me about the the Pierce deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, weren't they going to acquire Pierce from the money they got from selling to Gojo? Because stopping Matson was just the first part in in their in their plan, right? They mm-hmm. were also trying to go through with Pierce because remember they did promise them like eight million or ten million or something like that. Um, what was the number again? I think it was, it was 10. ten, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ten million. It was an even ten million. Yeah, because yeah, it went from eight to just make an even ten. Yeah, Logan was like, you know, congratulations on saying the biggest, the biggest number, number, you morons. <laughs> um, I think I'm confident to say that that PS deal is dead. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't see Martin wanting it. Oh, no, but it wasn't Martin that was going to buy PS. It was the Roy's. Was... That's what I'm saying. So Martin is not going to want to continue down the line of going for PS because why? He doesn't need it. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't Martin doesn't care about news. He's only, he just want 18, like we've established because of their power and also yeah. to, to piss off Kendall and Roman. Um, I don't think Ro- Kendall, Roman, and Shave are buying peers because I don't think those guys are going to talk for a while. We can talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. So I think the peers, I think we're going to uh, agree that the peers deal is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like Shave can't just... can buy it on our own. Even, like, even if she had the money to buy it, she can't buy it on her own because she can't be competing against her husband's company. Right. Roman, no. Yeah. Roman doesn't care. Kendall he doesn't if, care enough Kendall I, sounds much from, from that bench will do things even in church but let's I guess well, I totally he, he, from what we hear he he did stand up and, and tried to enter water, water. <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah we can, we'll talk about the characters where we leave them in a second but yeah yeah um, even regarding the PS thing because um, Ikeme who's also a long time listener asked, he asked up. this as well like regarding Pierce and you know he actually asked if that whole thing with Gojo, like the fact that the acquisition has gone through, is that actually better? Like the outcome we got, is it better for everyone involved? He said, maybe not Greg. Like maybe it's not best for Greg, but like so far, like this with this whole thing, I, I know because I know some people are discussing potential alternate endings mm-hmm. to the show mm-hmm. and what that could look like for everyone involved. But I guess, and, and of course, we'll touch on this when we start to talk about where the characters are left by the end of all this but i guess it's an interesting question of like how good is this really like if compared to say kendall being ceo like that may have been bad for the company maybe but i don't know if it's necessarily fair for people to say that kendall would have been like zero good at it like kendall probably i think he could have kind of done the job just maybe not in the way that Matson would have wanted. And also he would have spent a lot of time trying to be his father. Mm-hmm. Though I guess maybe not as well, since he finally somewhat became him at the end. Um, it's, 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 it's very funny. And I think it's cool that we have all these different postulations to make. I think that just shows how strong the writing is. Um, because there's so many places we could leave, the, leave these people. And it's also like, would the, would the writers ever want to show that to us? I mean, one of his other questions, um, Ikeme was, if I think we'll get a succession movie down the line, um, so. something to close it down. I don't think that this that's their style. I feel like that's not something that would really happen. And if it did, I don't know if Jesse would want to do it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I mean, maybe if if, if my lord was was involved. Uh, but I feel like it's just something where like they've. I think they were very deliberate about allowing the story to end in a way that it was very clear that the world and life would continue mm-hmm. in, in in the series. So to kind of bring back a um, 
everybody for a movie, which sort of, I think that kind of takes away the conclusions that people have made for themselves. And I think Jesse is the kind of writer that likes to leave people the chance to interpret things um, in a way within like the box that he's created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's also British. So unless it's a Christmas special, it's probably not going to happen. And it's not going to be Christmas <laughs> Basically, special. Basically, yeah. Um, so I'm just assuming that Ikema doesn't mean like, it means good as in financially good for the company, not good for their soul, not like good for them as individuals. I guess it means both because you just said, is it better for everyone? I, I think, I guess, yeah, financially, probably. So I think- Their souls are a write-off for most <laughs> of them at this point. This goes back to my kind of like me bumping against people saying like, why couldn't the story end with one of the kids in charge? Because I don't think that was the show we ever watched it. I think it's fair that we could have expected that was the show we're watching because she's had succession or whatever. But I don't think, when you look at it, I don't think that's the show they're ever writing. I don't think they're writing a show where one of the kids, quote-unquote, won. I think it was always like this company was going to leave family control. I think it's it's to show that, like, again, they're just fighting for, for this poison chalice. And I don't think he ever wanted any of the children, any of the kids, to actually become CEO. I think they were, they, the search for CEO, the chase for CEO was meant to destroy them in different monumental ways. But I don't think there was ever a situation where one of them ended up in the big chair, which again makes sense mm-hmm. why it's Tom, because Tom is an interloper, him and another interloper, even though not as interloping in Martin, but he's interloping country-wise, then yeah. take control of, of the thing. So financially, I don't know. I actually can't tell you. I think Kendall would have been fine. He'd have probably had some, he'd probably have more, more losses than wins. Well, I've been fine. Mm-hmm. Like, is there any company that we can think of where a an offspring takes over from their father and is good, or even like good enough? Like, think about media and sports. Think of sports teams. Like, yeah, in it, film, like it's it really no. Most times they're not. It's always big shoes to fill, especially when you're trying to be that person. Like, um, another um another listener, Moriam, actually asked me if. I feel Kendall would ever actually live up to your be his father. And I don't know, to be honest. I think that that's something we just have to guess at. I think that he would have been a different version of him, perhaps. Um, at the very end, you can, you can almost see it. it, 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 it that whole thing where he's talking to Stewie mm. and, you know, his feet are up in Logan's chair. It reminds me, I don't, this is so random, but it kind of reminds me of Animal Farm. Mm. And in Animal Farm, you have like this sense of togetherness, this sense of unity among the farm animals. And there are people who are persecuted. There, Then over time, there are people who are also like celebrated, that leaders form. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like there's this society that's way worse than what they had under the tyrannical quote unquote farmer, right? I remember the writing on the wall that was like, all animals are equal. And then eventually at some point it changes to, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> and first of all, George Orwell, you like, like I don't even know what to call you. <laughs> like putting that in, I don't know why they made us read that. In, like we're so small, but but yeah, um, like where are the colors? Me of that. We thought it was, we thought it was a book about animals <laughs> and the sounds they make. What was going on? Literally, like, that was just just blindsided. But now I think about it, and it's like it just reminded me of that. Mm. Just the, it, it, that that sight of Kendall laughing with Stewie, and then Shiv just cringing. It reminds me of like those like the pigs coming together 
and literally, I think one of those pigs was named Napoleon mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And the pigs came together and like they were forming this government that was so, so, so based on nepotism and was so oppressing to like everyone else. A good horse like was sent to the glue factory. Like, sorry, I, I think I feel like I'm pro- here processing animal farm now. But <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, this is so dark. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of what that reminded me of. And I think the way those pigs kind of became the problem that they quote unquote set out to defeat mm-hmm. is kind of what Kendall is now. And we, we've already talked about that with the whole NRPI thing and how he's willing to cast aside principles, morals, you know, the value of human life for a goal that is essentially just based in ego. Like it's not like he, he's, he, he's always styled himself as, a, as the person who's going to save the world mm-hmm. from from the forces created by his father but now he's championing those forces to create his own world and that's not how that works it's, it's kind of like how in the hunger games Kat, um, katniss eventually shoots this lady because she realizes i mean spoilers for the hunger games spoiler, guess, yeah, spoiler for, for the hunger games but it's been like 10 years yeah it's been a long time um which is why i feel fine seeing it but she realizes that it's literally more of the same and then she tries to cut the cycle and then that's how the whole thing ends so yeah we we, we it's hard to say whether he'd, he'd live up to that role, but I think he'd be kind of a different version. Um, the person who asked the question we, we addressed earlier, Chrissy, um, about whether or not that was abuse in that moment, also asked me about what Shiv thought about that. Maybe if, maybe Shiv, like, would have, she did, she wasn't there in the room, I think, when, like, Kendall and Roman had that rug, mm-hmm. had, that, had that hug, but, you know, it's something that she probably could have expected from them. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at that, she knows that Roman probably wouldn't be necessarily strong enough to stop Kendall from having the worst tendencies. So she felt like she had to maybe take a stand there since no one else really would. I mean, if Kendall is given absolute power, then he's just going to be like a version of Logan that is just like like a kid in a candy store. It's like, yeah, I finally made it. Like he's on some level, he's still that kid in the candy kitchen in Bridgehampton mm-hmm. who's spent the past 33 years 33 years because <laughs> he's 40 now well, thinking that you 41? know this is what we're no, no, actually no 40 yeah because only three months is yeah, he just he turned 40 recently yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's 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 a lot i love you being diplomatic trying to answer whether kendall would have been no kendall would not have little to look to look at it, it, no <laughs> he just wouldn't have he's not it doesn't like i don't say he doesn't have it in him because like that goes that feeds into like old gen x stereotypes or whatever but like mm-hmm. he just couldn't he he like he did not have the same upbringing as kendall he does sorry as logan he doesn't have the same life experiences as logan he doesn't, he doesn't have the same drive and he, fear of consequences yeah. and that's all those things literally like he lived a life where every second of his life was probably planned for him and okay it's like it just and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that people like that cannot be successful they can but yeah he probably can't go as far as Logan did or Logan went and we can debate whether those things were right. Most of them were not. Logan should have done the things he did. That's fine. But unfortunately, as I'm sure this show is also trying to tell us, the way capitalism is built, you kind of have to do those things to be successful and have a legacy. Mm-hmm. And I just, just don't think Kendall is built for that. I don't think any of them is built for that. If anything, probably Tom. It yet. Tom is probably the most built for that. Tom, because Tom, could, Tom could be. He has, like you, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, he has the most similar upbringing to, to Logan. But I also just think when you're trying to live up to like that kind of honestly, I, this show started, or the, rather, the start of the show, she probably had 
best chance to have a legacy of her own because she was so far away from the thing and she was actually directly yeah. opposing Logan. Like she was on the left and Logan was on the right. But if you're following, like if if you're growing she's brought into the fold like yeah if you're growing under the shade of the tree you're probably never going to outgrow the tree the tree because you you're using its shade like it's just it's impossible to outgrow yeah. outgrow that tree that's just the way it is connor funny enough managed to do it on some level like, yeah but because he was just like, like i don't want anything it's barely i can't yeah. call him growing he was just existed like that's just like going with the wind essentially so like so yeah he's never yeah, gonna have a legacy the that that feeds on insects that die inside of him while they're needy oh, love sponges. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other questions? Um, Greg's overall value to the storyline from, from also from Mariam. <laughs> I so, guess because there's a whole group of people like Asusa, for example, loves Greg. Yeah. And there's a whole group of people that feel, you know, Greg is just funny. But it turns out that there's actually a high of people that wonder like, why is Greg even here? He's just annoying. And I find that to be more common among people who have watched all of Succession recently. Yeah. Like they haven't been watching it over the years. Mm -hmm. Like they recently started the show because they heard, okay, this thing is finally ending. Let me just check it out. But those people are like, why is Greg so annoying? The, the I literally recommended Succession to someone last week. The first thing she asked me in episode one, why is Greg annoying? <laughs> <laughs> to me personally, the similarities to Greg and Jonah from Veep are just so clear. That might just be to me. Jonah is way more stupid, like intellectually, than than, than Greg. <laughs> um, so that's not even a comparison. But I mean, oh one, Greg is funny. So like, let's put that there. Greg is funny. But I think you have the option where Greg gets the chance to show why or how bad Tom can be, because that's the one person that Tom gets to to be a whip, mm -hmm. to have as a whipping boy. But then also, Greg shows Greg is was a. Uh, induction into the story greg was our avatar into the story and he just also shows like obviously he's a he's not a roy he's um what's his mom, mom's name again hirsch he's a hirsch yes greg hirsch how did i forget so he obviously has some money but he also just shows us like the conniving and the backstabbing that is needed into the, this world he's the one person that came in almost almost baby faced Right, he didn't have to do yeah. everything else, and then we see him go through all the machinations as the seasons go on. So I do, I don't even think like he's oh, losing his principles. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's, it's showing like how that person becomes, how someone becomes a Greg, right? Just by being proxim by proximity to, to to this power and this son that is Logan Roy. But yeah, yeah, the um, like the the way he's kind of our eyes and ears, like our proxy, so to speak, mm -hmm. reminds me of like I I I, I called him similar to. Usopp in One Piece. Um, shout out to anybody who watches or reads One Piece. But yeah, it's because Usopp is like the one person in the group who's like the closest thing to being an actual human. Like most of these people are monsters at this point. I mean, it's a shonen anime. All these people are pulling crazy feats. Um, shout out Ibuka. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's I, I think it's a bit of a like. Let me just say a slight oversight to say that Greg doesn't have real value in the story just because like there's so much that comes from it. Like even in the final season. The final episode, in fact, like there's so many things that just wouldn't happen without Greg. Think about the call he makes to Kendall. Think about like his negotiation with Logan. Think about him keeping the papers. Like Greg has, Greg has really pulled his weights in this show. Like it's it's been amazing. And yeah. you know, speaking of people who love who love Greg, um, I'd say Asusa, who I mentioned earlier, was was asking. Um, she asked a bunch of things about how the show is paced. Like in this final season, you know, everything has been 
very like go, 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 go. Cause the whole thing kind of happens over the span of less than two weeks. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So I, she was kind of asking like, after this finale, do I like, do we think that things are going to go on this way? At least that's how I interpret the question. It's kind of like, are things going to continue being, I guess, not necessarily portrayed, but like, would they continue to occur in the show in the same way, like with this fast pace, with so much happening all at once, or are things kind of going to settle down? Like, what does the world look like after this? I know we're going to talk about what the characters are doing mm. and where they're left, but what does the world itself feel like? Like, the succession finally become like, is, does it become maybe what it was like before the camera started rolling in season one, mm. where everything is just like normal? There's a sense of like status quo. Because, like, the whole show we've been watching is basically, like, a two-year period of just insanity mm-hmm. <laughs> that has happened in this as a season in these people's lives. So, after this now, does it go back to some sense of normalcy with Tom just steering the ship, Matson doing whatever nonsense he's doing, Logan and his kids out of the way, Caroline, you know, selling her soul for yet another house, <laughs> whatever the case may be? Um, so, I think, I think, part of me is going to be like, we don't know, but I think it's going to slow down because... I think so, too. As my touch, I want to talk about the kids. I don't think the kids. I don't know how, as we involved. Go, how we keep calling them kids. Yeah, but they don't have any. I always like to call them the siblings because yeah. they are not children. To but me. I just say kids, like just instinctually. They have no yeah. f- reasons. They have no fights. They have no drive to like literally wake up the next day and fight again. Does that make sense? Like let's let's think about last time yeah. Kendo had a hit this big. It's his one episode six, and what does he Broke do? Him. He, he shrinks into his room for a while until he goes to. To Connor's ranch. Venture right? capital. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think, no, no, it's Connor's ranch first, isn't it? Before, because we see him, like, in that episode when Roman comes to get him after to come to yeah, Austerlitz. I think that that's all one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And the venture capital is, is Connor's ranch first. Tom's bachelor party. So, no, yes. so my, my point is, like, that was episode And eight, now they've yeah. all been hit like that. Shiv has three months to pregnancy like she's, she's she needs no matter what she thinks she needs to rest to have to, to have a, a safe delivery so i do think everybody will rest martin has the thing martin has the sea so i think it's a calm period and obviously i don't think they're going to fight again but we can talk about that later but i think there's going to be a calm period i mean it's like it's a weird cycle of events that led everything to happen within this period right i, I guess mm-hmm. three weeks ago they thought the plan was going to be dad's dad's birthday we're not going to go for that then um the board We're meeting not we talk to him yeah board meeting we get our pgn money and then the election mm-hmm. that was the plan but then logan dies oh no connor's connor's wedding in the middle of there but then logan dies and then that uh-huh. just creates like five new things that need to happen within the next eight days so i don't think it was never like yeah planned for it to happen like this within 10 days as in, i mean from the character's point of view and then things just happen and they're like oh fuck we need to actually get things in order even the living plus presentation like i always wonder what would it have been like if logan was the one on stage and it's so funny saying that now because literally as we're recording this wwdc 20 um 23 is happening shouts to tim cook and whatever. do you think logan would have been, i don't think he's been on stage next that has been a video he might have i, f- I feel like he would have shown but up wasn't that why he was like recording the video for a bit <sighs> i guess that's why he was recording the video but I feel like maybe he would have made some kind of small appearance, maybe towards the end, or maybe like, like, I feel like he would have shown the video and like yeah. they would have just ap- appeared or something. I feel like it's been that Carl. video. I feel like it's been Carl as the business guy. Yeah, I guess it is kind of Carl's events mm. with since it was like a CFO type of thing, and Frank is technically COO C- oh, oh, yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. So so, so yeah, yeah, like these are things that like appearance too. The kids would not have cared about. Yeah, at this point, I've sold PGN. Like so, yeah, I definitely don't think. 
I, I, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I don't think it will carry on as hectic. I think just need to calm down. They need to have a good okay, sleep. But, okay, but <laughs> sleep. <laughs> I mean, let's murder him so we can sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so w- with that in mind, mm-hmm. okay, so which, now that we know that, or we've decided that there's going to be a good sense of like quietude at, after, after all this, mm-hmm. who do we think has had the most growth in the show? Are they all this similar to how are they we, were? And we know, I mean, are Roman all the feels, main characters. Sorry to interrupt. Are we all the main characters? I'm going to say all all the main characters, or maybe even other people too. Like anybody who who we can say, okay, we follow them throughout. Yeah. I think for some, for example, someone like Roman, I feel for the most part is exactly where he he started. Maybe with a little bit more emotional intelligence, slightly more. I think, but even that's debatable. I think Shiv is a little bit worse off. Has she grown as a person? I don't know. Growth or I think change? Maybe Tom we, has grown as a person. What are we doing? Growth or change? Well, the, the word associated used was growth. If that's, I don't know the necessarily is if it's... If it's growth, the answer is nobody. Yeah, because I feel like maybe most Jess. of them are the same people. Maybe Jess. Jess definitely grew a bit because... Do, do you see what Juliana Canfield posted? No. With holding... Oh, what day, <laughs> oh is it a day in the life of Jess? Something like that. Yeah, like she, she posted something along the lines of like... um. She put something on the lines of like just wrote a book, oh. and it was like escaping, escaping like the Roy's or something like that. Like it was the most. I need to find this thing. It's, it's on this. Like, you know that her that kind of Instagram. makes her just as bad as them. Like he, <laughs> it means she's not the <laughs> kind. She's, she's she's profiting. It's is wild. Like I I was actually so impressed by this because um she said something along the line. The book she was holding was um Roy Toy No More, um. <laughs> It's, it's like Roy Toy No More, um, leaving, uh, working in and leaving Waystar by Jess Jordan. And that is just too funny. So she's like, just one of the people that, which makes it one of the people that worked in the Trump administration and one of the millions of people that brought a book after. So like, maybe she's- Basically. Yeah, that's, that's, that's she, 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 she would definitely have a lot to say. I feel like it, it's, it's an amazing picture. We'll, we'll, um, we'll put it, um, like on the screen for everybody on YouTube, I guess. But like, it's, it's just, it's just wild to be that like, this is something that didn't actually appear in the show, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. Like, I, I can't tell right now if this is something that Juliana came up with as like her own joke or if they had actually kind of written this into the story as, as, um, as an end, but didn't feel the need to show it. Kind of like what Christopher Nolan does. Yeah. Like he's always said that even if you don't show how certain things end, you as the writer should know how they end. Yeah, I feel like that's probably like, like maybe this is just a thing. That's probably like character, um, character work from her. Yeah. That's probably just, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, back to your original question, growth. I don't think anyone change is a bit different. I mean, Jeremy has said a few times on interviews that he believes that yeah. um, Jesse doesn't believe in change. I've listened to Jesse say that, well, that's not entirely true. He does believe that people change just maybe a bit slowly yeah. uh, over time. Yeah. It's, depends on how that change, I yeah, guess, is It depends on what we describe as change. I don't think anybody that finished this show, like finished with something that they do already have in them. I think Shiv already had this in her, I think, but, so you get what I mean, yeah. but then it's like, yeah. Let, okay, let, let's put it down to brass tacks. Mm-hmm. Who has a different? Who has a mindset right now that shows any kind of difference from the mindset that they had right at the beginning? Tom and what Greg. about their views on the world? I say Tom and Greg Tom and as Greg, well. Yes, yeah. only them. I think the graybeards are all the same, <laughs> of course, including Je- including Jerry, um, who actually has gone through a lot very recently. I think Jess has also changed a bit. Uh, because she, I think there was a lot of stuff that she was willing to kind of like let go that now she's like, you know what? 
I think this is the end of the ride for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to add Jess to that list. Um, there's some characters that probably are not capable of changing at all. Someone like Matson, for example, who showed up at the end of season three and just who would have known that Skarsgård's character was going to be this important, you know? Um, definitely not them. Yeah, Stewie definitely not Skarsgård. Yeah, definitely, definitely not yeah. them. Skarsgård <laughs> <laughs> said he got the call at the end of season three. I was like, hey, hey Logan is dying. You're going to take, you're going to have a bigger role. So definitely not Skarsgård. Um, Wild. I don't, I don't think any of the siblings change. I think this is, uh-huh. they had this in them. Um, I feel like not even Rava changes. I feel like she was always ready to do what she did at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I think she just needed a big push. Marsha? No. Okay, now we're, now we're, yeah. I, I think if we're talking about change, I think it's just Tom and Greg. Um, yeah. Um, okay, any final questions? Uh, yeah, I guess some, some quick ones. Who do you think Logan loved the most from Asusa? Um, Kendall. I will agree with you on that, though he claims that Shiv is his favorite. But I think he loved Kendall the most because he he saw Kendall. I think it was like a nihilistic thing, not nihilistic, sorry, narcissistic thing. Like he saw Kendall as the person, right, the next in line. So an extension him. of him, yeah. So he loved him the most. I think it's Kendall, yeah. Okay. Oh, I guess okay. We're, sorry, we're oh, to... sorry. I was to... no, go on. He loved Kendall the most, but I think she had a bigger soft spot for Shiv. And that's a father's and daughter's thing. Okay, that's fair. I don't, I don't know if that's possible, but that's, that's what I think. Anyway. I guess we'll find out at some point if and when we have children. Um, I guess um, well, we're about to kind of get into this. This is a question about like, you know, if we think the show ended in a good spot, um, like technically it could have gone on and become something like Grey's Anatomy where like there's so much that can be explored and they just never stop exploring. <laughs> I don't know that the succession writers would have done that. I think they've always been very big on showing restraints. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like not, not that there's anything wrong with Grey's Anatomy. I, I like Grey's Anatomy quite a lot myself. Um, I can't believe how many seasons that show has. It's literally like, <laughs> it's about to be like 20 seasons, but, um, but yeah. Would basically do we think it ended where it should have? I I think that that it was fine. I like like I said, I I enjoy the fact that they've left things you know clear but open ended, mm-hmm. and I think that's very hard to do from a writing perspective. So I commend them for that. Um, the last question uh, we're gonna do today: um, if we had a chance to be in any episode, which one would it be? I'm gonna let you go first. Oh, mine is easy. Um, Turn Haven. I would want to be on that table when she does that thing. When she when she's so sorry. If you don't remember, Turn Heaven is the episode where the Roy's meet the PSs. Season two, episode five. Yeah, meet the PSs yeah. for the first time. I would want to be on, on that table when 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 Shiv. Also, but when Roman is acting like he's read a book before, or Connor is doing political jousting with um, oh, I can't remember his name. Maxim. Maxim, yeah. But who's now his guy. Yeah. Or, <laughs> My leash. Or Marsha. Marsha being an ear in Logan's sorry, if flying Logan's ear. It's like, will you stop? And then she does that like kind of nervous, also kind of like I'm gonna kill you laughter. Turn heaven, hundred percent. I would love to be also I get to be close to Naomi Pierce. So Makes sense. Yeah. Um there's so much but I guess the one I'm gonna say right now is Season two, episode six, the one right after Argestes. Uh, that's where so they go to that you. conference. That, uh, <laughs> it actually is, uh, right? <laughs> I would not, like, I'll be so bored. I'll be so bored at oh Argestes. Jesus Christ, that's so that's so brand. Because for you. just just because like just because so many things were going on and like the cruise scandal 
came to light, just watching them scramble. Stop lying. You would want to be there because all the tech billionaires are there and they get to do show off tech stuff. You know, don't lie. Fine, fine, fine. I'm not, I'm not lying. These things can be true at the same time. Yeah, so so yeah, that, that that probably would have been a lot of fun. I think a close second for me probably would be um there's this episode in uh I guess this this season three episode, too much too much birthday. Like I just just to be oh, there. That would actually, no, helping, that's that's actually a very good answer, actually. Being yeah. at Kendall's birthday party would have been very fun. That would have been so much. That would have been like, very fun to be at Kendall's birthday party. That's actually a good answer. All the different sections of the party, the little stupid tree house where like he put all the rich people, the VIPs, um, the main floor, watching Comfrey like almost melt down. Watch Maybe I could have helped watching her. Watching Shiv melt down. <laughs> melt down too, yeah. Her dancing. That would have actually been so fun being at the birthday party. The music was the good. Quote, unquote, the little music daddy was dance. so good. Like he had, yeah. and I think he had J-Hoss. I remember him having J-Hoss, I think. He had British music at America. It was so good yeah. at his birthday party. Um, there was a lot going on. Uh, Shouts out to his people for putting that together. So yeah, I think those are probably my top two episodes. And just uh, for anyone listening, the person, the listener who asked this question, as I said, her, her answer would be safe room. <laughs> because that, that would have been an incredible thing to watch. That's it's like so everybody's chaotic. scrambling. No, I'm like, she what if there was real danger? Yeah, she knows she has to be, there was somebody <laughs> literally shot himself in that episode. Like, she knows she has to be involved in the episode, right? That's so chaotic that that's what she chose. Yeah. yeah but I mean, I guess it's worth it but, watching Tom and Greg run through the, the hallway. That, 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 that made it worth it. Oh my God. The fight with the, with the pelting of the bottles. bottles. My goodness. Greg. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Another question. I think that's it for, I think that is it for, for questions. We've pretty much covered. Okay. Everything I mean, we hope we're able to answer some of you guys' questions. But I think what we should do Yeah, now, still hit us up on Twitter if you if you have anything else. But yeah. But yeah. And to wrap up now, I think we just talk about kind of where the show leaves the characters and what we think. So you mentioned, you asked the question earlier about do we like where the show ends? And I think like Jesse kind of explained it perfectly in an interview I listened to where he was like, this is the show's, like the show no longer has interest in these characters. Like their lives still mm-hmm. go on. But we don't care anymore because basically because they are no longer titans of industry, really. And that's yeah, kind of how the, the world point of the show was the succession, and now the succession has happened. Yeah. So basically, the show could continue, but it would be a new show about something else because yeah. it's no longer about the succession. And it's also just even succession aside, it's also just like these guys are just rich people that don't like they don't really have any random rich relevant. people who are not important to the yeah, story. Yeah, they're not <laughs> even if they're like they're not the CEO of Waystar, they're not the CEO of Waystar, they're not the president of Waystar, they're not like. A, the chief of staff of a presidential um, aspirant are just they're not financiers rich, they're just rich nothing. people like just like ah, I, don't, I don't really care about you obviously we know as watching it there's more to them as, than that but like the show and something something I really don't like in finales right Barry did a version of this but Barry did it well in the way that I liked it but what I don't like in finales okay. is when they skip and we kind of see the end of the character like yeah. Veep comes like to mind. Like a flash forward type yeah, of thing. Yeah, or like 30 six, years later. Six feet under. I, I, uh. I don't like that personally. I, I only realized I didn't like it recently when I was thinking about succession finale. I had, I was like, I don't, I, if your story ends there, then that's fine. But I don't want to have an ending of where this story has ended and you now show me the characters 30. I don't know. I don't want to see that. I want to kind of like let my imagination run wild. Which is, like for example, now, if this finale end, showed us 30 years later at like, 
Roman's funeral and then you see Shiva and Kendall and they're like, oh, we haven't spoken in 15 years. I'm like, mm, I don't really want to see all of that, right? So like in terms of where it ended, I think, I think it ended well. I'm happy where it ended. Um, but let's just quickly, so. Yeah, how to get away with murder did that whole thing They too. did, didn't they? Yeah. <sighs> all these, yeah, it's, it's not the best. It's not, I don't, it's not something I just don't like in finales, to be honest. Uh, anyway, okay, let's start with Roman. Right, so we see Roman in Martini Bars. We've alluded to this episode already. And you and I kind of agreed on the finale episode that Roman would be fine. He's basically where he started off. However, as I said, I've been consuming, I've been inhaling interviews in the past week. Milo and Jeremy Strong have really mm-hmm. dark interpretations of that scene. Like, really dark interpretations. Like, they both independently, not in the same interview, were like, they think this signals the start of alcoholism for Roman. Yeah. And I was like, I, Jesus. I, I, I heard that too. I was like, here, here we are thinking, you know, Roman is quote unquote free, so he's somewhat fine. Mm-hmm. But they're like, you know, there's actually some darkness there that people are not potentially acknowledging, which is like, remember, I was like, wait, hold on. You guys pride yourselves in not wanting to over explain things to the audience. And the one thing you explained is just correcting <laughs> us to say, actually, Roman well, is not fine. I mean, okay, to be fair to them, I think one, they don't want to give answers when the show is going on because they don't want people to. Yeah, feel, to, I guess they, they, don't they feel good not to talk about it now that it's, yeah. yeah but also, cool. they've always said, as like most creators do, like nobody really wants to tell you how to read their stuff. They've always said, like, this is my thinking of it. It's not written anywhere. Jesse hasn't written anywhere. It's not set in stone. It's just how I think this story runs. And like, they were like, we think that. And I was like, wow. I, I don't know if I want to buy it. I think I want to stick to a more hopeful interpretation. But I did like, yeah, they kind of, it was weird, both of them saying alcoholism. I was like, huh. That's kind of, it's kind of scary. That's what, because again, Roman is not someone that we've known to have like, lots of issues. Like, uh, we've not seen him do drugs on the show. So it's just like, oh, that's interesting mm. that they say that. I don't think we've seen Roman do drugs. I feel like there is a scene in episode four after the Reckney ball where he goes home with the person he was with at the time. The person that yeah. was like, I think, I feel like there were drugs there were, at, no. nearby. I, but, okay. I can't remember because obviously, <laughs> I'm not sure. Good on you to bring that episode up. I said this episode because this episode was not already explicit, but like obviously the waiter calls and they do some yeah. choice things with the phone. But I don't think there was. Yeah, I don't think there was drugs. I don't remember drugs being involved. Okay, just checking. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we've seen. Sh- oh, we haven't seen. Have we seen? No, we haven't seen Shiv do do cocaine. Martin of I think the only person we've we've we I don't think the only person we really see do drugs other than Kendall is Tom in the election episode. Tom and Greg. Yeah, obviously Stewie. But yeah. Yeah, Stewie as well, yeah. Um yeah, literally Stewie, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So I, so yeah, I mean I guess Roman is up open to interpretation. Shiv. Again, Shiv, I think we kind of covered this last week, but like she's in a position where someone I was someone they were like Shiv is in the best position she could ever be, which is not 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 ever be, but like in the position where she's shown the most intelligence over the course of the show, which is um, advising a powerful person. Yeah. And I was like, she, huh, she is. That's actually Even a good though she's point. kind of like, you know, wife to the CEO. I mean, mm. you know, Moriam asked a question about like, who now has the power between Tom and Shiv now that like the Roy name is not necessarily connected to the company. Like, you know how they say, oh, my name is on the door. Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. necessarily anymore, right? So, this is the more Well, like it still be because it's still Gojo. It's Gojo. It's, oh no, it's Gojo Waystar, not Gojo Roy. It's Gojo Waystar now. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
it's Gojo Western now. So I, I feel like, well, for, first of all, for the Shiv, Shiv and Tom thing, that's just a stalemate. But like, I think Tom's, the dynamic has definitely changed. I think Tom is way more powerful than he was in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Now they're kind of just depressingly almost somewhat equal. Um, I don't think that, because there is some parody there. What he doesn't have in terms of endless riches and wealth, you know, he now has in power and influence. Uh, whereas she has endless riches and wealth, but no. That's power the thing. Like, the, I don't. I think there's been a power change, definitely. But like, her money is ridiculous, though. Her money is long. Yeah. Like, her money is not. It's very long. It, 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 like, not only was it long before, like she has more money. So it's just like you kind of feel like she wanted to. She yeah. can probably wrestle back control because again, he, yeah, he's no longer on salary at least for a few. But like, he's still not entirely secure. Like one bad firing and. <laughs> yeah. could be but but we see but you see that's another thing I wonder about actually the question that the, the company has been bought mm-hmm. and everybody's going to get you know their cash and stock options or whatever mm-hmm. but what about their board seats Kendall Roman and Shiva all on the board do they remain on the board that's one that's at least I guess that's a question from me that's something I've been thinking about do they remain on the board or is Martin going to remove them from the board and obviously Tom now being CEO means he is also on the board now so well doesn't that that depends yeah, on Martin doesn't it whether he wants to fire Yeah, them. that's what I'm saying. It depends on if Matt is going to remove them from the board. Hmm. So again, because board, board, boards, board, being a board of direct of directors, um, on the board of directors for a company like this is technically like a, like a choice, like slash election thing. Like basically they would, he can essentially make it so that they are, they aren't reelected to be on the board. Hmm. Um, yeah, but again, that's another thing that we just don't know what happens the next day. But again, I think Shiv, it's like, you obviously said that she's like her mother now. I still think that's a bit harsh. I think she has a more, more agency than Caroline. I said, but I said somewhat. somewhat. Yeah, yeah, she does. I said okay. she, she's just she's somewhat. It's like a new version of it where like, you know, she has some control, but eventually like she's going to kind of just become the person with like, because I mean, you've always said Shiv is like the funniest sibling. <laughs> and yeah, she, she, I think she's going to carry that into old age and become like the witty old lady that is just like annoying everybody and doesn't care that she's annoying everybody. In terms of the cold hard versus in terms of this show x versus y y versus z i think shave is in the best position to do well going forward yes 100 percent. i think I so agree. and so it goes back to the her quote-unquote betraying kendall actually worked for her like i think out of the three siblings she's the one in the best position to like plus she always has the politics stuff to fall back on right she can always uh-huh. find an, another democrat i mean anybody takes that seriously government. now after all this yeah, so I think she's in a good position. Kendall, I said it and I stand by. I don't think Kendall sees five years from now. I, I, I just don't think Kendall survives. Oh I just can't see oh it. Man. I don't know how you get that seat. I just don't think Kendall survives. <laughs> so, like, I, I wish him oh, very gosh. well as a man. I just, but he's going to die, is what you said. Yeah, I wish him well, but he's I'm going not, to die. I, I'm not writing his story. He can't change his story. But I just, like, he would require incredible therapy to be able to like because this was it this was the moment this was this was this was his purpose in life for 33 years right (laughs) so it's now like he's fumbled that how do you move on no matter what he does he will never fill that hole and we know that he's a person who the hole has has destroyed he has sent him so many he's times he's to gonna be, fall to back into addiction if nothing else if if nothing and i and i i don't think like i don't think kendall necessarily put a gun to his head and, and, and blow his brains out um apologies for that very graphic description but <laughs> i think that there's just too many avenues for kendall losing his life there's the actual suicide there's the drug addiction that i just feel like uh-huh. I, I just can't see it like 
he's so he's gonna be so depressed. There is so much to to, to fill that hole. And then on top of all that, he's now a terrible person. Like he's always been a terrible person, but like now, like we said before, he's just dust. He's no longer a husk. Like he's yeah. just like so he doesn't like what how does he survive this for the next 10 years? He's young, he's 40, but like how does he reach 60? How does he reach 80? Like you can only be miserable and angry for so long. He's just going to have to seek advice from Frank. Frank is like the last person he has Frank, in his life. Frank betrayed him. In the end, Which yeah. Which is something we never really talked about. Frank voted against him. Frank, his godfather. And fr- I mean, do we consider that a betrayal though? Because Frank always wanted the deal to go through. When, he, when Kendall told him at the end of the, of the um, tailgate party episode um, that he wanted to, you know, make it just him mm-hmm. and then remove the siblings, mm-hmm. did Frank actually, actually agree? He was like, okay. He didn't agree, but he was receptive when he was like, um, if, uh, that that Martin's numbers are fake. Frank was receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know who. I don't think he has anyone to turn to. He doesn't have a connection with Jess, as we mentioned. He doesn't have a connection with his kids, with Rava. It's just like, how long can he really do this? Like, I, uh, five years. I don't know. Five years is is too pessimistic. But just how long can he really do what he needs, like, to survive? Like, I don't. I think it's going to be months before he speaks to Shiv. Maybe even years. Yeah, Roman as well. Like, I don't think they're going to be there when she gives birth. Like, so it's just like, yeah, I I'll be very like the things that were said in that room seemed like like Roman bringing up his kids, Shiv bringing up the father he killed someone. I just feel like those are things you don't you know even for them. I don't think those are things you don't come back from. So. Well, I mean, people people have come back from some crazy fights in this show. Like, if Thomas Shiv can come back from that fight in in episode seven, yes, but they're coming back for that from that fight for it. Convenience for convenience. Yeah. Whereas in this case, there's no need for there isn't. comeback, I guess. There isn't. Other than the fact that you know they're flesh and blood, but I guess that doesn't matter. Whatever. I, so I think that has mattered a lot of times, but I think this time, I, I, I might be over, overreacting to this and maybe I'm missing something, but I think this is one time where the personal and the financial or the personal and the business actually crossed in an argument. Like mm. they've always had their financial fights and then they, they had somebody's dinner the next day but like this time to defend a financial decision Roman brought up his kids she brought up that he killed someone like it's just like I, I, I don't know I don't know how I don't know how they, they move on from that I just don't yeah not the greatest not the greatest at all um, anyway I don't know what are your own final thoughts on where we leave this we leave Kendall uh, I, I guess I just hope Colin continues to do his job <laughs> prevent this guy from jumping into any rivers yeah but he's not going to prevent him from taking um, his drugs i guess so i i i, I guess so um let me let, let's just say i i see the sense in what you're saying and i just hope that he survives more than five years oh, i mean i do <laughs> because, too i just don't see it but yeah. i do obviously as well yeah anyway um guys spoiler alert this is probably gonna be my best show of the year so i guess we'll talk about it when i'm doing my top 10 like, I'm not, I, I cannot, uh, there's no subterfuge Gee, there. Who could have predicted that? It was like, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I think one of the best shows of all time. Like, speaking of, I'm, I'm probably going to try and find a way to get Ayo to come on this podcast and talk about Succession because he has some takes and he has some thoughts that need to be on air so that I can keep them that forever. Would, that would be interesting. Yeah, so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're um, trying to trap him. Oh, 100%. He needs to have, like, we need to have these thoughts. Um, oh, my God. My new thing is to find whenever my friends drop me drop a hot take, I try to get them on the podcast so I can have it. So when you deny that you said it, I'm like, no, 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 no. You said this. You said it. Um but no, I mean look, 
I love the show. Podcasting love as the a show. weapon. What the hell? I was listening to a podcast, um, no free ads, and they mentioned why, what made the show so good. And it's like, it's something that we know, something I've mentioned many times, but like we've never actually, it's never been put together in such a simple sense. And like, this show has the comedic chops of Veep and the dramatic chops of Breaking Bad and Mad Men. And I was just like, yes, that is it. Like, it, that there is no other way of explaining. Like, it's just, it's the best comedy and the best drama. So obviously it's, it's the best show. It's a balance of both, which means that it has the best dialogue. Like, because it's a balance of comedy and, and drama, which is essentially what real life tends to be, mm-hmm. it's, it's just the closest thing to being realistic in terms of the way people interact. Yeah. And that's why I've always said that, if anything, even if someone can say Succession is the best show in the world, I, I feel like, I feel confident still in saying that it's the show with the best dialogue that mm. I can think of. Like, the dialogue is just so great. Even when it's, even when it's like, veering into like crazy territory of like how can someone say this in real life it's still just too funny yeah like it's either very realistic or hilarious and even then it's just like they make it realistic feeling because the characters in the show who are saying those words are very capable of saying them yeah um like even the insults we had at the beginning like this insults (laughs) on this show are legendary at this point it's like how can somebody say buckle up fucklehead what's like what how do you come up with that (laughs) Just what you said, I was trying to think of, is there anything, I don't think there's a show, but that dialogue was like, there's something I can use just to have a debate, but like, there's not. But what came to my mind was, yeah. the great. Guys, please go watch The Great. You know, it's funny, The 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 Great, that's the one on Hulu, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one on Hulu. So I've watched Catherine The Great, the one on HBO, different which shows. is a lot more. Yeah. Di- two, di- I know, I know that one is a different, <laughs> it's a completely different show about the same person, yeah. two different takes. Mm-hmm. There's Helen Mirren, and then... <laughs> And then there's like everything else that's think it's hilarious El- that the Hulu one is doing. I was going to say, if it's, uh, I can't remember it's, it's, El- it's, it's Dakota. Jeez. It was like one of them. And then, and then Nicholas Holt in an incredible performance. Anyway, the... Yeah. God, the words, the, the, the phrases that I said on that show rival in, in terms of like vulgarity. I cannot like... The, uh, really? The, oh, the great. Oh my God. Um, it's El Fanny. Your guys, your guys on the show as well. Um... Adam Godley. That was, doesn't sound correct. Ah, uh, that was, is the name. Actually. Oh, Godley. Yeah, I don't know. If I was like, I was like that, that sounded. Yeah. That sounded correct in my head. But when I said it out like, I was like, that doesn't sound correct. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just go watch the great season three. Is that I haven't watched it because obviously we've been busy over, over the last few months. But that's top mm-hmm. of my list. Anyway. Um, yeah, maybe I'll check that show out. Actually, finally. Yeah. So it's like, sorry about Catherine Great Boy. It's very, very like loosely based that one is like pretty like that yeah and the, the dialogue the, and, is very anachronistic which is obviously nice i like that so like yeah um anyway is that it any final thoughts i guess just that it's this is one of those shows that like it makes what we do here a lot of fun, fun and it's easy just, yeah or not easy because. there's just so much not necessarily easy but at least it's easy in the moment when mm. we when we do the talking because there's just so much to get into. yeah it's not easy when i'm editing it but <laughs> I was talking with someone yesterday about how like, you know, HBO shows just like, they just have this way. I don't know how they do it, but they have this way of just diving into the culture. It reminds me of an article I I've, I read once that said like in a world where Netflix thinks more is better and just, just bringing out a show every 10 minutes, hmm. HBO is sticking to the idea that better is better. And there's like a limited amount of stuff, but like they're the ones who are winning the most awards. They're the ones who, even if you remove the awards and you say it like whatever you want about award shows, like HBO shows are the ones people keep talking about the most. Mm-hmm. And I think it's partly because of how they're released. I know I've talked before about like, you know, binging versus like Don't watching gradually. Don't get me started. Yeah. But, 
But at, let, let's just say it's, it's easier to build a connection with a well-written character if you're allowed to keep that connection and discuss, and discuss that person months. like a real person yeah. with the people in your life rather mm-hmm. than like, like Stranger Things is one of the biggest shows in the world and it just comes out in one weekend and then nobody's talking about it on Monday. Like, how, how is that even possible no, even, for, some, for such a thing to happen? Even to be fair, Stranger Things is talking about it on Monday. The random Netflix one is, that's lasting 12 hours of conversation and then they're done. Yeah. So no, I 100% agree with you. But I also think yeah, it's, like, it's good. The, the other way they do it is that they, like nobody that has worked, or not, that was going to be very blasphemous, most people that work in HBO come out and say like they respect the creative, right? Like so, what they do, they go and look for a writer that they like, and then they and they watch, just give that person creative. Freedom. Yeah, I was listening to yeah. Bill Hader, and he said that like yeah, they saw him in the Skeleton Twin, which is a movie that he did with Kristen Wiig. I think that was like 2015 or something. I watched that; mm-hmm. that was, it was really good in that. And they were like, "We like you. Do you have any ideas you want to do?" And like so, they they respect the creatives and they they. Unless something like Barry comes out yeah. of that, which is just amazing. I mean, HBO is still under Warner, which is still under like Zaslav. Warner Brothers to say. Discovery. Yeah, yeah. So like, but it just gives more point of like why the writers are important and the writers yeah, but, are. But, but still, that, that, that it's interesting because like they they just have this way of tapping into just the culture. Mm-hmm. Like you can you look back however many years. Let's start not too long ago. Let's let's see from because obviously there was amazing stuff before then that was kind of like culture defining so to speak but there was the Sopranos that everybody was talking about mm-hmm. then the Sopranos ends what comes next Game of Thrones and then everybody's talking well, about the wire, that for the yeah, next decade the wire and, Game and of the Thrones. wire as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah the wire and Game of Thrones and then you know Game of Thrones ends and then succession starts and that just becomes like this this thing that has now like taken things now that succession is ending I, I I'm curious I wonder what HBO has next that they think might be the next you know, placeholder that basically is the flagship for for their for their studio. Yeah. I mean, like when, when Game of Thrones ended, I wondered if it would be Westworld. Well, it was meant to be Westworld. Um, it was Westworld for one year. And like... Yeah, but then Succession came along very quietly, but look what it became. Yeah, I mean, like, they have they have White Lotus and obviously that can always change as much as you want and stuff like that. I think, like, I, I think yeah. it just goes down to, like, respecting your talent and respecting smart creators yeah. and, and, like... Oh, this is not, I don't want this is I want to go into an anti but you just you can't you can't make shows by algorithm. You just can't you can make some shows and make people happy, but you can't make shows that would mean stuff. Like I'm not trying to go on a pretentious rant, but like that's just how it is. Like there's a there's a scene in Barry where they're talking about it's kind of like a Netflix version of their stream and they're like, yeah, our data shows us that like shows that um, shows that do well are shows that mention a dessert in the first 10 minutes and have probably someone like Dev Patel in the first scene and everything like that. And that, that <laughs> Dev Patel? Yeah, those are the shows that do well on the platform. And it's like, that's like very algorithm-based. And like, that, only, that can only last so long. Well, I don't know. Just, mm. WG is strong, right? Just focus and um, support creative people. And that's what, H, that's what HBO does. Let me put it like, that's what HBO does. Yeah, HBO specifically. <laughs> HBO. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's a good point to end it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Ibeka, for coming back. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for everyone that sent questions. Everyone on YouTube that comments. Thank you very much. Shout out. Shout out to all of you. And yeah, join us next week when we'll be joined by Daniel Kalia. Um, Yeah, from Ibe and I, one final time to you guys. Just fuck off. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs>